0: Welcome to the Voice of Fandom Podcast. The one place where you, yes, you, you, the viewer, the fan, gets to connect and interact live with the host and talk about your favorite sports team, athlete, or game of the week. And speaking of host, he's straight up, straight to the point. And with a mic in his hand, he lets you know he don't give a shit. Former Pro Wrestler and your host, Kingston Robinson.
1: Yo, let's go. I didn't even have a long let's go for you this week because I feel like all of this excitement is going to build up throughout this show because this show is going to be the big, and I don't I don't do this in real life. I don't, I, I promise you I don't do this in real life. This is going to be the big I told you show, show. I, 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 come on. There's just been too many things that have happened this week that have like compounded on top of each other that just, I, I have, I have to get this one out. I, I have to do this for me, for my sanity, for everything that this show has even started based upon. So with that being said, let's talk some football. Look, it's, it's week 13. It's hard to win football games in the National Football League. There is nothing, nothing that should be frowned upon besides what the Jets are doing. There is nothing that should be shamed. No one should be disappointed. It's the National Football League. It is very hard to win games in this league. The phrase, any given Sunday, didn't just come out of nowhere. Literally, on any given Sunday, you can win or lose a football game. And this week was the the pinnacle. It was the, the crowning jewel of, of that entire phrase. Because we saw all across the league this week of teams losing games that they shouldn't have. Teams making comebacks on teams that they shouldn't have. I told you weeks ago, this is one we're going to find out during during these last four to five weeks. This is when we're going to find out what's a team's true identity and who they're going to be going either into the offseason or going into the playoffs. That's just a fact. And we learned a lot. Now, usually I have some kind of a uh, storytelling monologue, maybe something that happened this prior weekend or Maybe something that's coming up on the horizon. And then, you know, I just slowly float into football, but I don't, I don't, I don't think I have it this week. I think this is truly going to be an I told you so show because as I look down <laughs> each game, if I didn't say it last week, if I didn't say it on Saturday, if I didn't say it two weeks ago, I have said it in the time span of the show. And the one very hard thing about recording, the one very hard thing about being in media, and I learned this when it came to wrestling, anything that you say is now documented. Anything that, and and that's real with the social media world. When it comes to tweet, tweeting, inst, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, all that, anything that you say is now documented. So, <laughs> and I told this, to a fellow uh, follower of mine on Twitter, you don't want to show your IQ cap on social media because now people know how they can talk to you and they know that they can talk above you if that is possible for them. You don't want to leave the pinnacle of your IQ out on the internet because also people will try you. The internet is a evil, evil world and social media is the precipice of that exact thing. So one of my Twitter followers was talking about uh the Washington game very early yesterday. And they were like, "Oh, I'm rooting for Washington to take down the Steelers so that we can take first place in the AFC." And that was them putting their football IQ uh, you know, <laughs> their football IQ cap on display. That was letting us know uh well, he doesn't really know too much about football because, you know, if the Steelers went out now and we went out now, we would, you know, leave with the same record and it would go to conference record. And, well, we lost to an AFC team. They lost to an NFC team. So they would remain the top seed. Those are the kind of things you don't want to do. You know, Wikipedia is hurting right now. Go to Wikipedia. It will help you. Donate. Donate. <laughs> the internet is a vast, vast dictionary. Especially for the kids now that are 14, 15, 16, digging into social media for the first time. Guys, you you didn't grow up with the dictionaries and the encyclopedias and the almanacs in your household. I did. If I wanted to find out something really strange and 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 weird and possibly wonderful, I went to my father's office and There was dictionaries, almanacs, sports almanacs, all those kind of things. Because we had one or two computers in the household, and those were both being used by my parents. Or there was a login that we didn't know. So use, use the internet, learn, grow, all those things. And I guess even though I said I wasn't going to start with a story monologue, well, here we are. It ended up happening anyway. So with that being said, let's get to what we came here for. And yes, I'm going to slow burn this because I am not yet ready to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and what happened last night. And you would think, you would think episode 16, you would think after 16 episodes of me saying the greatest truth in the national football league, that I would be ready to blurt that out first because you know, that's what all the other, Sports media outlets do any of anything of the hottest, you know, variety, the biggest news, all that. They open the show up first. We're not going to do that yet. We're going to get all the uh, non-interesting things out first. Because that's what you do on the Internet. Because, you know, your your hottest value is right in the meat of things. And that's what's going to happen. So let's talk. Saints Falcons. Once again, I told you so. This is exactly what this was going to be. This was Taysom Hill seeing the same defense just two, two and a half weeks prior. This is Taysom Hill getting comfortable, not second guessing himself, not assuming that, you know, the windows that are there are not closed windows, that the windows that he should be throwing into are going to be a bit tighter than what he's used to, just because. He has not performed at this level weekly yet. You got to remember when Sean Payton schemes up Taysom Hill as a quarterback, when he's an option, it's schemed as a design deep shot play because he has a stronger arm than Drew Brees. So for him, he knows that the routes that are in this concept of the play are schemed up to have one to two deep shots wide open. So that's what he looks for. And if he can't find those or if they're covered up, because at this point, a lot of defensive coordinators should know in the National Football League, if Taysom Hill is going in while Drew Brees is healthy, it's more than likely a designed run or designed deep shot. That's just how it is. Now it's going to be a little harder now that he's very comfortable getting comfortable as a starting quarterback, it's going to be harder to judge what plays are going to be what. Because now, you know, if he comes in, he he could just be, you guys could play soft coverage, deep coverage, thinking that a deep shot's going to happen. He's gotten comfortable with the intermediate throws. He's gotten comfortable with the underneath throws. So now, there's some mental manipulation that can happen. I'm sure Sean Payton already knows that. But with this game, I mean, come on. Uh, Matt Ryan tried. Uh, And what? He always does. He tries. Uh, The defense tried. I mean, granted, just like Taysom Hill has seen this defense before, the Falcons were able to see this offense with Taysom Hill before. Granted, you know, the confidence level, the play calling level, all of that has changed since then. So you got what you got. They just seem to be having fun. They didn't really care to step on the gas pedal. They didn't care to step on the throat. The Saints were just kind of doing whatever they wanted. And that's a very, one, comfortable place for that team and an uncomfortable place for the other. It's uncomfortable that you are with an interim head coach. You are with a team that is just not performing as you should on paper. Julio Jones is back on the field, and it's very troubling that you're winning games when he is not on the field, but when he comes onto the field, you end up losing, and I will tell you, it is mainly because Matt Ryan does not see any other side of the field when Julio Jones is on the field. When Julio is on the field, it's like he closes his eyes and just predetermines, "Mm, I know I'm going to throw this to Julio. It it doesn't give the offense a chance to get into a rhythm. And I I have said enough about how bad Matt Ryan is. I have said enough about how bad this Falcons team is. Also, Matt Ryan doesn't get any help. And by help, I don't mean by Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, anything like that. I mean by that horrid offensive line. If I were to go right now and get some paper, strip it up, make some little some glue solution like we used to do in like elementary school and make a little paper mache model, it would be stronger than the offensive line in Atlanta. And that's awful. What happ- what happens if the Falcons decide we're going to do something a little different? And we are going to buck the system and bring in a new quarterback. Why would you do that? You literally cannot protect your investment. So why would you do that? So anyone that's calling for Matt Ryan's head, anyone that's saying he needs to get get out of Atlanta, well, if you bring in anybody better, can Atlanta protect them? (laughs) They have the they have the weapons to make a product, productive offense, but literally, do they have the offensive line to protect anyone? That may I mean, come on. If Jameis Winston were to take the take the uh, high road and leave the Saints or whatever, demand a trade, whatever, and head on to Atlanta, which would never happen, but. An example, it could be any of these guys. And I would be like, well, <clears throat> I don't think it's going to go that well unless they just <laughs> all of a sudden become the greatest negotiation, uh, negotiating front office that can get two-star O-linemen and maybe a good <laughs> fullback or tight end. I, I don't see it happening. Just stop. Atlanta's going to be in a rut for some time. You're paying Matt Ryan too much for too little. Your offensive line is bad, even though you have drafted in the top tier of offensive linemen in the past few years. It hasn't gotten better. And unfortunately, it won't for a long time. 21-16 Saints. Browns-Titans. This game was... <laughs> I, once again, I told you what this game was going to be, but it—it it, the Browns showed up. What did I say this game was going to be? I said it was going to be a smash mouth, runner versus runner type of game. This was going to be the type of game where you're going to see how these teams are going to play in the playoffs. And boy, oh boy, did we see something out of Baker Mayfield that we did. And what did I say Baker had to do? He needs to make those wide open throws that he's been missing all season. Literally, the reason why Cleveland has been in a rut is because Baker is not taking the opportunities that are given, not not that are made, not that are struggled, that are straight given to him. There are too many plays that have been made into memes where Baker Mayfield is looking or throwing in a completely different direction, and he has a wide-open receiver somewhere in the end zone. Why is that happening? This game, he took it to another level. Baker Mayfield did his thing. He really did. Against a Titans team that that are not bumps, But defense didn't make any plays. Uh, Derrick Henry was a non-factor. And I mean, the Browns front seven is good. Like, let's not get it twisted. Miles Garrett, everybody that's in in that defense, they are a very good defense. But you got to show up on a a very good day feeling real good about yourself to make sure that Derrick Henry is in check. And there wasn't a time where Derrick Henry got off. There wasn't a drive where you're like, oh, here we go. He's heating up. This, This is where we're at. No. And of course, you know, in the last quarter, they... They get through some some things here or there and and the Titans score here or there. And they make it seem like, oh, we didn't get blown out. Uh, you know, we <laughs> we just we just lost by six. But this game was never. It's never in question. Um Baker Mayfield did his thing. Baker Mayfield made sure that uh this game was gonna be put away. And this was one of the few times where it wasn't super reliant on Nick Chubb. It wasn't super reliant on Kareem Hunt. But the problem for other teams is they have those two. So if Baker is not hitting, if Baker isn't doing what he did yesterday, well, hand it off to Chubb. He'll break off on one. Hand it off to Hunt. He'll break off on one or shift for one or get the hard two, hard four, that team. Now, it is the Browns. And maybe sooner than later, we're going to have to shake the narrative of the Browns being the Browns. But as of right now, they're playing some decent football. And that's not just by numbers. That is straight by tape, too. They are playing decent football. 41-35 Browns. (laughs) Crazy. And, of course, they broke a whole bunch of Browns records. Uh, Most points and a half, most touchdowns and a half, like all this kind of stuff, which is, (laughs) it's it's not funny to see, but it is, it's kind of comical, not going to lie. Just because when you put up how bad or how long the Browns have been bad, it just uh, it makes you really think about all the Browns fans. <laughs> like, uh, even my wife brought up, as we were watching this game, uh, she was like, every time that we watch a Browns game, I always think of Steve Harvey, because he's a diehard Browns fan. And that's the truth. And you, you think about Browns fans and what they've been through in this time. And it's kind of like, when they get wins like this, no one is ever like, well, fuck the Browns. I can't believe this. It's just kind of like, all right, Browns. Okay, I, I see. You know what? clap to the Browns fans. Clap, you know that's that's kind of how you feel, and uh, I'm not mad at that because shit. Browns fans been through a lot. <laughs> Chiefs fans can relate. I mean, uh, not not as not as bad. <laughs> We've been here or there. Not as bad, but man. Speaking of another team that has been trashed for a while and actually still is trash. Detroit Lions well, and the Chicago Bears, they just happened to play against each other. And it was going to be the game of who who can actually win a game. Both teams have not been very good in the fourth quarter. Both teams um can't finish games. Both teams have very inconsistent play on offense. Both teams on paper have promising defenses, and they just they just let things happen. I don't know how they do it, but... And then you put them both together, and it's like, well, shit, how? How, how is this game going to go? And it went exactly how we thought. Uh, Matt Stafford, because he is the better quarterback, won this game. It's, it's pretty simple. I mean, did you, did you think at any time that no matter if it was uh, Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles or fucking Matt Nagy himself at quarterback, did you you think that this was going to go any other way? The only way this could have went any other way is literally if the defense themselves scored 14 points, and they didn't. That's all I have to say about it. 34-30. Detroit Lions. Uh, <laughs> who cares? Uh, both of these teams will not make any noise in the postseason. Um, both of these teams will more than likely not make any noise once they go to the offseason, besides more firings. Uh, the Detroit Lions have already fired Matt Patricia. And I have a giant feeling that the Chicago Bears will start axing some people as well, which is crazy because. Andy Reed has built quite a coaching tree when it comes to the coaches around the league. And Matt Nagy was pretty promised to be one of those good ones. Um, he did turn the bears around. He did take the bears to the playoffs. I mean, he had some promise that first year, but boy, oh boy, it has gone all the way fucking downhill since then. Um, you know, there's, there's a saying out there when you got two quarterbacks, you got no, none. And that's what they're feeling right now. Uh, because you know, you pay Nick Foles a bunch of money. You have Mr. Trubisky there and they're both trash and they're both hurt. And I look, I love Nick Foles. I'm a fan of Nick Foles. So I'm not saying he's trashed completely as a player. I'm saying he, in the past year, he just hasn't put up what was promised. Honestly, once he got hurt, he should have stayed in Jacksonville, and that should have been it, but eh, it's neither here or there. Uh, Bengals-Dolphins, 19-7. Look, the Dolphins are doing very strange things. Um, this is another situation where when you when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. I don't know how long they can get away with playing Tool one week, playing Fitz the next week. I, I just don't know how long you can get away with that. And yes, they're 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 in the hunt for the playoffs. Yes, they. I mean, they're further in the hunt. I think right now they're leading the division. Um, but what's very hard about all of this? They're not leading the division. The Buffalo Bills are. I'm tripping. Um, what's what's really difficult about this is that you just you have this just this thing. When you see the Miami Dolphins and you're like, yes, they're playing good football. Uh, Yes, they they have a talented roster. They got things finally kind of going for them. Brian Flores is a very good coach. Like, all those kind of things. But there's just something about this whole situation that's just not, it's not clicking. And I don't know if it will translate to a playoff win. I just I just don't know because to me, it is already hard enough to have continuity and strength in your offense when you have one starting quarterback that is new to the system, just one, and that's throughout the entire year, but with them, <laughs> you have two, one that is not new to the system, and then another that is brand new to the NFL. Now, granted, special teams, balling, defense, balling. So on the two of the three sides of the coin, you're playing good football. But what? just what happens? What happens when it comes down to you need a quarterback to make that play? Who do you go to? (laughs) What if Tua's playing his heart out in the playoffs? And it's just not enough. Then do you second guess it and say, well, we should have played Fitz. And and this is a really shitty outlook on it because they did win this game. Granted, it should have been, it, to me, it should have been a way better win because you're you are fa- facing the Bengals with no Joe Burrow. You're facing the Bengals that have no pro- playoff aspirations. So uh, I'm sitting here wondering, okay, I like Tua. I think Tua is going to be a very successful quarterback in the NFL. Plus, I have to root for my left-handed dogs because I'm a fellow left-handed guy. But there's just something about the operation of that quarterback room that really bothers me. But hey, who am I? I'm just a guy behind a microphone. Jaguars, Vikings. This was one of those games where it didn't really make sense, where it was any given Sunday, it was somehow the Jags. And you know what's funny? There's a lot of NFL conspiracists out there and so many conspiracy theories that are going on. And I I will say there are some things that I'm going to point out in this show that did did not rub and scratch me the right way. And part of it was the fact that we saw the Vikings play and the Jets play at the same time. They were both on the cusp of winning. And they both decided to lose around the same time. It was almost like one was watching the other to make sure if one won, the other (laughs) would lose and they could get this number one spot. Because as I've said for weeks, the only games that the Jets are trying to win is winning the number one overall pick. And the Jets were in prime position to beat the Las Vegas Raiders. The Jaguars were in prime position to beat the Minnesota Vikings. And just somehow, some way, they both lost. We all know the Jaguars are not good. We all know the Vikings are not good. We all know that the Vikings are not good. They are terrible when Dalvin Cook is not on the field. So (laughs) there's just a lot going on when you look at everything. And trust me, I get it. Dalvin Cook still, (laughs) I mean, he averaged 3.8 yards per carry, but he still went 100 plus. Come on, like whoa. what? What more can you ask for from the Vikings when you know that Kirk Cousins isn't going to win the game for you? So that's easy. Um, Dalvin Cook is that guy. You're now looking at Justin Jefferson as a as a real dude because he's starting to really put put this uh, receiving core on his back. But you. It's hard to win games in the Football League. In the National Football League, it is hard to win. And you don't win all the time. And I'm just going to jump right into Raiders-Jets from that. (laughs) Raiders-Jets! Now, as we know now, um, (laughs) the Jets fired their defensive coordinator, of course. Because, and there's not a lot of times where I get down into like, actual plays and play breakdowns and things like that, but I, I'm going to on this one. Typically in a situation when you have seconds left on the clock and you look at an offense and they have to overcome four points, you know they need a touchdown. This is, this is simple football. A field goal won't do it. It'll just be one point. And if you go and kick a field goal within the final seconds, people are going to look at you as the most soft-ass team they have ever seen because you you had an opportunity to go and try to win, but you kicked the field goal to lessen the blow. It's awful. It's an awful, awful way to play football. So as a defensive coordinator, you would look and say, okay, I need to make sure that I have coverage in every possible, you know, way To make sure that they do not score this touchdown. No matter where they are on the field. Whether they're on the 50, the 45, the 30, the 25, or the 10. So, you would play some type of zone or cloud coverage. To where maybe you're man on man, but you have two DBs that are helping over top or three DBs. Helping over top to make sure they don't get, even if they catch the ball. That's cool. Even if Derek Carr heaves it and the receiver catches the ball, there is someone there to tackle him in bounds to make sure that clock runs out and they can't get another playoff. Instead. The New York Jets decide we are going to bring the house. Every single person. We're going to leave our DBs one-on-one. And there happens to be a guy named Henry Ruggs that the Raiders drafted to have a Tyreek Hill type player. And you left him one-on-one. You know what? The last time somebody left Tyreek Hill one-on-one, he had 200 yards in the first quarter. So you mean to tell me with the game on the line, you are like, nah, fam. I trust my defense. You go one-on-one with the second or third fastest person in the league. You get fired when you make play calls that make you lose games. This organization is so bad that when that play was called from the defensive coordinator and it goes through the headset of the head coach to the Mike linebacker to the field and you see the formation and you don't call any timeout, everyone in that organization knew they were planning to lose that game. They looked at it and they saw the Jags and they were like, oh, they not winning. We are about to lose this game. Cuz we thought we had room to to win one. Nope. That's a fucking shame. <laughs> that that should not happen in the National Football League. And that is one of those things where you know they always say players are never on board for tanking because one that's a year off of their career, that's a year that they're just getting hit, banged up, hurt, all that kind of shit. For what? For you to go and get a player that might that might help us win? Players are never on board for tanking. But the front office can. <laughs> Coaching staffs and all that can be on board with tanking. And the Jets are firmly there. They don't care to win. <laughs> they don't care to look good on tape. They don't care to save anyone's job in the front office. They just hope that they stick around to be able to uh, draft Trevor Lawrence and do what with Sam Darnold? I have no idea. But it is wild to think you have Sam Darnold right there. You just spent high draft capital on Sam Darnold. And guess what? He's going to be on somebody's bench very soon. And it would be hilarious if he was sitting on the Jets bench, but we're not going to talk about that yet. Colts, Texans, how many weeks do I have to say get Deshaun Watson out of Houston? We got to get him out. <laughs> we have to. He, look, he driving down the field. Game-winning drive. Superman cape on his back. And a bad snap takes the victory literally right from his hands. Come on. This man is upset and crying on the bench. Deshaun Watson is one of those leaders that, that can bring a team up from something like that. Like if that would have happened in early in the fourth quarter and that was their first time to be able to, to, to take the lead, like he's that type of person that would go to the bench and make sure everybody's up. So that next possession, they can seal the game. But <laughs> that I, I just feel so so upset when I see something like that from, from them because it's just a wasted. Time of his career, I don't want Deshaun Watson to end up like Matthew Stafford. To the point where I have been campaigning for Deshaun Watson to go to the Patriots. And you would... I'm not even close to a Patriots supporter fan or anything like that. But they are creating the prototype of how he would excel in a New England offense right now with Cam Newton. And Cam Newton is doing okay. Like that, that African dude on Vaughn, okay. He's he's doing that well. Just think about what Deshaun Watson would do in that offense. After you've added one, one decent weapon. Just one. You know what's crazy? he could get a few of his previous teammates if he went to the Patriots and they made the right move. I'm sure Patriots fans would be stupid excited if they found out, no, we're not going to take a risk on drafting a quarterback that hasn't been in the NFL. Um, No, we're not going to trust Jared Stidham to take over the offense. Um, Actually, we've made this move. We're doing this and that. We've moved him here or there. Uh, we got Deshaun Watson and we'll, you know, serve out the rest of his contract. Patriots fans would be like, we are back. And they rightfully should feel that way. Will Bill Belichick do that? I I don't think so. But I did call Cam Newton to the Patriots. I also called And I'll just float into the game right after this. We all know the Colts won. We all know that Deshaun Watson needs to be out of Houston. But I'll float straight to the Patriots beating the Chargers 45-0. to What did I tell you Bill Belichick was going to do? He was going to make this a nightmare. A nightmare. Not a nightmare. A nightmare for Justin Herbert. Bill Belichick can do anything. Anything to a young quarterback. You just can. It's not hard for him. He had every position play out of their mind, defense, special teams. offense is doing okay. But it was a lot of running, which, I mean, come on. <laughs> I've been telling you that Cam Newton hasn't been winning games for them. He's been doing what he needs to do. Which? Do your job. That's the Pats. That's the Pats. Justin Herbert had a a hellacious day. And not hellacious day by like... uh, He threw 75 interceptions and blah, blah, blah. Like, he just threw two. But... 26 for... 53? 50%. 209? two picks, no touchdowns. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a young quarterback playing against Bill Belichick first year quarterbacks. Just don't win against Bill. They don't, you know, the, the one first year quarterback that everyone thought was going to be able to do it was Patrick Mahomes. And it took him a few tries. It's hard to beat him, man. He just out-coaches you. Uh, Giant Seahawks. The Seahawks are broken. And what's really funny is that not only are the Seahawks are not only are they broken, but their fans and the Russell Wilson supporters and all that also seem to be broken as well because there there was somehow this little internet beef between <clears throat> Seahawks fans And Chiefs fans. Because Seahawks fans just seem to automatically appear on the internet and start this whole Russell Wilson for MVP type thing. Now, I I enjoy watching Russell Wilson play. I enjoy what he can do in and out of the pocket and his throwing angles with the football. But you've got to be kidding me in thinking, you haven't seen this before, especially when you're a Seattle fan. Russ does this. He has up and down play. He will be up for the first few weeks. And then he'll go through a lull. Usually, he picks it back up. Usually, when he picks it back up, it was two weeks ago. It hasn't happened yet. So now, we're we're looking at Russell Wilson and we're like, what, what were y'all talking about? And it's even worse than usual. Now, what did I say several weeks ago? One of the reasons why is because, well, they're not protecting him. He's getting sacked a lot. Now, part of it is the offensive line that's not doing their job. The other part of it is on Russ. He's just holding on to the ball too long. And what's crazy is that there's another quarterback that does the exact same thing and tries to play hero ball. One gets praised. One gets shit on, and that's Carson Wentz. Now, I shit on Carson Wentz. I'm not, <laughs> there's a lot. There is a lot to shit on. But what I'm saying is that they're both getting sacked for the same reasons. Now, Carson Wentz is in a worse boat because he's not even trusting himself to make good throws anymore. He's not standing in the pocket confidently. One, because he doesn't believe he has a confident pocket to stand into because that offensive line is worse than the Falcons. And it's, it's just really, really bad to look at. <sighs> but the Giants ran on the Seahawks. The Giants are somehow <laughs> are somehow matriculating into a decent team. Colt McCoy, if he didn't throw that pick, this game would probably be a runaway. Which how the hell how do you how do you really how, how do you take that in and think in 2020 Colt McCoy led the New York Football Giants into beating the Seattle Seahawks. After Russell Wilson went in <laughs> went and patented and and copyrighted uh, copy wrote, uh R- cook, Russ cook he's trying to come out with cooking utensils and all this shit for it and you've lost every game since mm. what a time what a time 2020 2020 just sensational <laughs> it's such a it's such a crazy world and i and I can't believe it I really can't Uh, man, these, some of these games were just exhausting, but, uh, Rams Cardinals, I'm sorry to say this because Kyler Murray's involved, Jared Goff's involved, um, Aaron Donald's involved, two of one of the, you know, younger, smarter coaches are involved, but who cares? I mean, when it, now, (laughs) when it comes to this division, very important game. I get it. (laughs) But who cares? Was, Was this a game that anyone cared to watch? Was this a game where there was so much on the line? No. Rams up by 10, that's it. Like just there, there's no debate about it. I, there's no hype that I can just put on it. it. It was what it was. You saw one of the best defensive players in football play his game. You saw a situation where if nobody is outright attacking Jared Goff, he'll, he'll make the plays that are necessary. You saw them have a running game that was very substantial. And the Cardinals just didn't really, they haven't really been the same. And you want to talk about times where people are like, oh, people are going to figure out Lamar Jackson. People are going to figure out Patrick Mahomes. People are going to figure like every year. Oh, there's tape on them. Everyone's going to figure them out. Well, right now you're seeing the league starting to figure out Kyler Murray. And he's going to have to figure out how to elevate his game. So then there's a learning curve again. That's the... That is the most important thing when it comes to a star athlete It's that they keep evolving. It keeps the people that are watching them as a consumer surprised and engaged and, 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 you know, happy to watch them do their thing. It also keeps the people that are coaching against them on their toes, on their feet. You don't know what they're going to pull out their ass. Got to remember the first quote unquote spectacular thing that happened with Patrick Mahomes was a left handed toss to Tyreek Hill. I can tell you right now, you could probably write a book already about all of the things that Patrick Mahomes has done since then. And the left handed throw was like the first one where it was like national television. Holy shit. This is the first team that's seen him twice. Because in his rookie year, he started the game playing against Denver in Week 17. Now they've seen him again. It's prime time. He's on a game-winning, game-leading drive. You have a star pass rusher in Von Miller chasing after him, about to grab his ankles, flip to the left hand, flip it out, Tyreek Hill first down. That's when everybody was like, hmm. Maybe we need to pay attention to this kid. Kyler Murray has to have that evolution to where now defensive coordinators, head coaches, all those things are starting to figure him out. Now it is that time for that evolution of, okay, I need to do something better to make them respect me more. And until that happens, you're going to lose games by 10. Until that happens, people are going to run the ball down your throat and make sure you don't you don't even have the time to warm up and do that. And that's why the Rams beat the Cardinals. It's that easy. Now this is when it's going to get ugly. Eagles Packers. Now let's get this out of the way first because I hate when people don't do this. They always talk about how bad the team lost. And they don't ever talk about how <laughs> how the other team won. Look. Aaron Rodgers, you did your thing. You went out there. You're just dropping, dropping dimes. Even when somebody would drop those dimes, you would come up with a quarter and make up for it. Like, Aaron Rodgers did his thing. And look, at this point in time, how are we expecting anything different? How? He threw his 400 touchdown of his career. He's 25 for 34. 295 yards, three touchdowns, no interception. He was getting to the point where he was drifting so bar, uh so far back and drifting so far wide from the pocket that he he was that comfortable. And the Eagles, of all of their faults, have an okay pass rush. That's it. Just okay. And that's only because. Fletcher Cox will bully and, and and get in there every once in a while. But another team where if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. Carson Wentz, six for fifteen, seventy-nine yards. <laughs> like, are you drunk? Jalen Hurts, five for twelve, a hundred and nine yards. One pick, one touchdown. And Jalen Hurts sparked the team, right? Like, come Okay, look. I've been shitting on Carson Wentz for some time. But I have put out, you have paid this man too much money. If you were going to pay somebody $100 million, I need every cent back. And you pay me back by playing on the field. So if you're not hurt, sick or dead, put on your helmet and we are going to play this game because I am not going to sit a hundred million dollars on the bench and act like I didn't make that investment. That doesn't make sense to me. And people that have been calling for, for Jalen hurts people that have been saying he should have been starting this entire time are probably the same ones that are broke and have no money because you don't know how to manage it. $100 million does not just sit on the bench. Now, is he playing like $100 million? No. But until you have a plan to get a returned investment, you're not going to get 100%. But until you have a plan to get a return investment, you need to get as much out of this as possible. Yes, you're somehow still in the hunt in this very shitty (laughs) NFC East division. At this point, you could flip a coin and anybody could win. But, but, (laughs) you have to, you, and don't go back on your words. Don't sit there and say, oh, if we put Jalen Hurts in, I'm signaling to the team that we're done. (laughs) don't sit there and say, if I put Jalen Hurts in, it's a message to the team saying, we're done for the season. And then the next game, put him in. What kind of confidence does that give for your quarterback? And what does it say to you when he does go out there and he does add some kind of spark to the team, then do you know your locker room? Doug Peterson, do you know what the hell is going on? Because if that was truly the case, (laughs) they wouldn't have started to play better when he was on the field. It wouldn't have happened. So Doug Peterson, maybe you need to look at your locker room and see what the hell is going on. Because... (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you, Jalen Hurts or Carson Wentz is not the answer. You have way, way more problems than just them. I promise you, way more problems. So with that being said, knocked out most of the games. We'll get to the others, including the main event. Actually, technically, I guess it can't be the main event because we still have one more game tonight, but the semi-main event. The Washington football team versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. On the other side of this break, we'll break down that. We'll talk about that. We'll also kind of dive into what the hell is going on with uh, really a lot of these teams. Uh, But this has been a big I told you so episode. And if there's any episode that if you're a listener has been following and you ever want to suggest this podcast to anyone That's around you, show them this episode. Because this this will be the one where (laughs) no matter if they backlog me and go back and listen to older podcasts or anything like that, because you know how people do. They'll they'll try to dig in and fact check you, even though you're the fact checker of your own facts. Yeah. Decipher that one. Then they're gonna find out that (laughs) maybe this isn't just a guy behind a microphone talking shit but I am. On the other side of this break, we talk about that. We get some bills paid and we'll shut down the show. I will see you then.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. S-L-T. Let's get it. rather right. come and get like me, we ballin', ballin'. Sippin' on the NJ, and I am like MJ. Shout out to Kenny, man. Uh-huh. Lyrical Cucina, not in my mofos. Scare up, that's the logo. LT, that be the name. Entertainment, that's my ammo. Order a bottle of XO. Point PDA, yo. I love that life going hard all night. In the club, no fights, just me and the family. The mood just right. Drinks right, now I'm wasted. Shots of control, now I'm faded. Got the whole team with me. plus a couple downs, and I can't change it. Light's showin' on. No trampoline, no spring hurdles, this on the night. This is a pre-game club and after party anthem with don't stop, pop that, don't stop, pop that, pop that standards check for a double cup, go ahead and take a sip and wake up the next morning with the thoughts of saying this. All I know, all I know, all I know, all I know, all I know Yeah, is we gon' have a party tonight, 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 tonight. All I know, all I know, all I know, I know I know. And you know my situation. Go to sleep, wake up, with it all again. Same thing, new day. We close, we we'll spot this roots, ain't here, will never end. And the only reason I do it is to show you you can have fun with life. I cry hard and shine hard every day. Why not party hard all night? You only live once, so you gotta push on for that dream before somebody knocks you off. Handle your business and then you will witness your work and pay off. You can do what you want. So now I'm starting, I'm getting money. My fam is with me. This life is lovely. Yeah.
1: and we are back in this bitch and look look let's pay some bills real quick let's uh let's talk about some companies that we enjoy over here at the voice of fandom podcast and one of them is you already know who who i'm about to talk about total sports kansas city man oh man in my closet right now because i haven't got them framed up or anything I got my Tyreek Hill signed jersey. I got my Dante Hall signed jersey. I got my Damian Wilson signed jersey. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. And if you are a big fan of the Kansas City Chiefs and you want signed memorabilia jerseys, helmets, mini helmets, pictures, anything of that nature, you can go to Total Sports Enterprise, Kansas City, Head to and find them on Twitter, on their website. Constant sales all the time. Things discounted all the time. Ship fast straight to you. Nice, pristine packaging. And you can get everything that you want. I mean, come on. They got, right now, signed Dante Hall. signed Dwayne Bowe. signed Travis Kelsey. Sign Patrick Mahomes. It's signed Tyreek Hill. It is getting pretty ridiculous. And the fact that you haven't gone there yet already lets me know you're not a true fan. So if you're a real fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, go there, get you a nice sign, custom jersey, let them know that the guy Kingston Robinson, a.k.a. Adrian Armour, a.k.a. the host of the Voice of Fandom Podcast sent you and I'll know when they know. Once again, it's Total Sports Kansas City to get all your favorite Kansas City signed memorabilia. Man, what a time. What a time we live in, y'all. It's 2020, and guess what? (laughs) I was right. Again. I was right again. Look, it... Look, this show is just getting better and better because every time that I say something, I I have to kind of hold my breath. I kind of have to hold my breath to... Hope to hope, and this was after the first few weeks, after hope that I'm correct about the things that I say. You know, because when you get into things like this, you, you got to have the confidence to say what you're going to say and know that it's going to be fact. Or you can still twist it to make it somehow validated. So far, I haven't had to do any twisting. There there, there ain't none of that going on. It has been straight, 100%, peer cut, facts and usually usually I always leave the chiefs game last because I I don't like to put my team in the forefront and all that but there is another game that I have to save for last so we're gonna talk about Chiefs Broncos real quick divisional game something that is a must win a lot of people are gonna be like oh this was this should have been a blowout game blah 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 this and that No, this is a divisional opponent who has, of all of our divisional opponents, has seen Patrick Mahomes the most. And they are dealing with the drama. They've said that they've come together as a team due to the COVID situations that they had last week and uh, going out on the field with a practice squad wide receiver at quarterback really made them feel like a family. and. I mean, that's great consolation prizes and shit like that for losing. That's cool. But now you are going against your neighbors and also the defending Super Bowl champions. And all that camaraderie shit has got to translate into positive play. And at some point, it did. Drew Locke knew that his family was in the stands. And you know, when your family's in the stands, for some reason... The camera has to be on them every time you do something positive in the game. Whether if it's a first down, whether if it's a you threw out of the sack, whether if it's a uh, oh, they didn't show his family when he threw an interception, but uh, all right. Um, and then also, you know, when when you complete a crucial third down or when you score a touchdown or oh, they also didn't show his family when he threw the second pick. But, you know, hey, we knew they were there. They got more camera time than most coaches on the sidelines. But the Denver Broncos did what they came to do, and that was put up a decent fight because they're so into consolation prizes, right? So they had to have known. They've had to have put together that, oh, we're, we're just here to see where we are. We don't really plan to win because there is a few decisions, coaching decisions and quarterback decisions, decisions that were a little lukewarm that let me know they're not really trying to win this game. Now, in the heat of the moment watching this game, I was very stressed and I was very pissed off because there's a lot of play calling on on our hands that didn't really sit well with me. Now, of course, as Andy Reid does, I I didn't watch the post game presser, but I did watch his uh, Monday afternoon presser. And of course, you know, Andy Reid's going to do what he does. He's going to say, hey, look, um, this is this is all on my hands. Um, I should call better play calling to put our team in a better spot. Um, you know, all, all these things. And I commend coach for that and all that. But until I see it on the field, I I can't s- super buy into it because that's usually his normal stick. Now, Patrick Mahomes does what Patrick Mahomes does. Travis Kelsey does what Travis Kelsey does. I will say, the officiating in this game was probably some of the worst. And we've seen some fucking shitty officiating this year. But the the officiating this game was probably the worst that I've seen. We had a touchdown that was caught that was ruled incomplete so it couldn't have been reviewed. Which, to me, As an officiator, I would see that the ball didn't touch because he was right there. I would see the ball didn't touch the ground and that it was ripped out because Bouye ripped the ball out from Tyreek Hill. I would rule it a touchdown just so it could get reviewed because all scoring plays are immediately reviewed. So I would rule it a touchdown so it can get reviewed. So if it gets reversed, no harm, no help, foul. But to literally look at a player, plays later, and be like, yeah, know we missed the touchdown. <laughs> Shit. Like, how do the players on the field have faith in you as an officiator if you can't do what you're getting paid to do? And then on the other hand, you have another touchdown that was taken away off of a holding call that literally the field, the fans, the coaches, the players, the commentary booth and the people sitting at home was like I I I don't know where the hold is. <laughs> it was there wasn't even a sell job by the defense. There wasn't even a a situation where it was like, oh, it was ticky tacky. No, there just wasn't a hold. To the point where the broadcasting team cut to it, and as soon as the commentary team was like, "I don't see a hold," they cut away from it. You know, usually you see like two or three, two or three replays. Didn't happen. And that was that was the touchdown where Tyreek Hill ran. To the goal line and turned around and just stood there before doing a backflip because he turned around and saw that there was a flag and was like <sighs> what what's going on that's two touchdowns and i'm not even going to talk about the third that was taken away that's two touchdowns that would have changed this game matter of fact just one of those would have changed this game tremendously and you want to talk about oh it should have been a blow away game well if you add 14 points to 22 yeah, 36 and 36 to 16. This things a little different, doesn't it? Even if you just add one. 29 to 16. Still still rings a little different. Uh Drew Locke did not play an awful game. I mean, granted, he threw, <laughs> he threw two picks to the same person. Uh, but they were both athletic go and get them picks. You could tell that Tyron Matthew was very motivated going into this game. And then also, I want to let Chiefs fans hear something that they need to hear. Steve, Steve Spagnolo knows how to turn on the defense when it's time to turn it on. We do not have Bob Sutton anymore. During this time of the year, this is when the Chiefs defense flip the switch. This is when Steve Spagnolo flips the switch on his defense. You can go back to when he was with the Giants. You can go back to just the last year. He flips the switch in December and January, which is what you need to do as a complete team because if you are a promised team, you're heading into the playoffs. What we need to happen is have the offense flip the switch because a reoccurring theme with this team at this moment is that the defense, they're actually getting turnovers. They're actually making stops on third. They're actually giving the offense positive possessions in the football game. And the offense stalls out. We have to punt. I didn't think we would see Tommy Townsend that much this season at all. But it has happened. And it's made it very odd. So, hopefully, this is also the time that the offense will unlock and get it going. And I will say, they're going to need to, or we will lose to the Dolphins. Because the Dolphins are playing good. They're playing great on special teams. They're playing very good on defense. Now, granted, they're going to show a defense that is very similar to what Patrick Mahomes has seen before. because. Todd Bowles runs a very similar defense than the New England Patriots. And Patrick Mahomes has learned how to play against that system. That's, I mean, that's just me, but, you know, shit. Who am I besides Guy on the other side of the mic? Now let's get to our, 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 <clears throat> got to gotta make sure I'm ready for this. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of all this because surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly, the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the premier Washington football team. First of all, first of all, let's give a big round of applause and a huge round of applause to the damn Washington football team real quick. We got to make sure they know what the hell going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they need to know. They need to know. So this this is what this is what happens when you become a high-profile team and you win a bunch of games and blah, blah, blah. The media, of course, starts to look at you. And so... So do the fans of the National Football League. I and other Chiefs fans had to adjust to the media talking about us and not just about a player. Because we've been through the, you know, the Derrick Johnsons, the Jamal Charles, the Eric Berries, the Tomahali, the, you know, all of our star players not having a star-studded team, not having a star-studded record. So they just talked about our, they just talked about our players. Fine and dandy. Then we had to get used to them talking about our entire team. Our record, how we're doing, our coach, all that. And that was a giant transition. The Steelers kind of went in and out of that. Very used to that kind of publicity. Mike Tomlin is used to shutting out the noise and making sure the team is very humble. This year... You go undefeated for three-fourths of the season and everyone starts comparing you. And this happened very early this year, actually. But they start comparing you to, you know, the undefeated Miami Dolphins and the uh, undefeated New England Patriots and things of that nature. And, oh, Mike Tomlin is is coach of the year and he's going to – they talk all this. And I told you all from the very beginning, there's something about the Steelers team that doesn't fit right for me. They can't run the ball. The receivers are very inconsistent. Big Ben is not playing his best game. And the biggest thing you want to say to me is, oh, but our defense is stout. Okay, but it's not Blitzberg. It's not destroying offenses. It's just getting consistent sacks, which is great. Which is great. But there's, when I look at this team and it's undefeated, I don't see anything that's game-wrecking. Like, when I look on the complete opposite side, when I see a team that hasn't won a single game, I see everything that's wrong with it. Why is it that when I see a team that's won no games in the New York Jets, and I see a team that did win every game in the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they somehow look very similar to me? Hmm. Ooh, that's going to that's gonna spark some noise. How is that, though? I see a quarterback that is mm, wishy-washy and underperforming. I see a running game that's almost non-existent. I see a defense that can penetrate through the middle. And when they send an extra person or two, can get to the house. I see wide receivers that drop passes all the time. But when they make a spectacular player, so it overshadows it because you remember Chase Claypool is supposed to be the next Megatron, right? I just sit and look at this team and I'm like they're they're they're, they're fools gold. That's exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers are. Fool's gold. And this was the first time where. The national stage, the people that don't watch football as much, that don't break down football as much, the casual fan, got to see just in layman's turn, oh, they lost, but also they lost the way they've been winning. Their play actually did not change that much at all. Consistently dropped balls. <laughs> been not playing his best game. No running game, but guess what? The defense still did their thing, and what was so crazy is that I was watching Steelers Twitter so much just to see how things were going, and they went from, oh, you know, the Washington football team will be good, blah, 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 then as the game goes on, oh, well, you know, we did play Wednesday. We tied. Then it went from, I told y'all we tired. We just trying to get through the game. Then it went to, why is the defense playing like this? Even though the defense was pretty much the only solid play on the field. If it wasn't for uh, Spillane getting hurt and Joe Hayden getting hurt and things like that, like the defense was actually playing very good. Oh man, well, you know, we're going to be able to get it back and run out the clock. Washington ain't beating us. Then the game's over. <laughs> I told y'all we tired. I'd rather lose this game than lose in the playoffs. Oh, oh, now we're here. Now, now we got consolation prices. <laughs> now, now now we're trying to uh we're trying to recover. Hmm. Then it becomes well, I rather lose to Alex Smith and Ron Rivera because they're both incredible humans. Oh, wow. We have comp we have compliments now. It wasn't, it wasn't, yo, if there's any team I'd rather do battle with, it's against Ron Rivera and Alex Smith. No, no there was none of that in the beginning. But now is. he's comeback player of the year. What do you expect? Ron Rivera just fought cancer in the middle of the season. What do you expect? Oh, oh, oh. come on, stop. You know what they call that? They call that backpedaling because that that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing right now. And like I said, you will find out the real versions of teams right now. Because guess what? Now the Steelers have to play the Bills, the Browns, the Colts, and the Bengals. The Bengals, of course, knocked out of that. But don't let Baker play like he played yesterday. Don't let that indie defense and Philip Rivers get some get some momentum. Don't let <laughs> I'm telling you, don't let Josh Allen because Josh Allen is a mobile Ben. He has the same big body. He is hard to take down, but he can move. And he has a he, he has Ben's old arm. Don't let the Buffalo Bills start a crumbling effect. Now, you have two sides to this coin. You have, oh, this this loss just humbled us. We're going to practice uh, practice harder, play harder, all that. We've been rejuvenated and fueled by this loss. Or you have the other side where you've gotten to this point in the season. You got too used to winning. Now, losses hit you, and you're like, okay, how, how are we going to react after this? And you'll see it in the second half of this next game because if they're down, it's gonna start creeping in them that like I ah, you know, maybe maybe we overshot this year. <laughs> the Steelers are a fucking joke. Like I said, when I when I look and I see the Steelers and the Jets, they're almost the same team on two opposite sides of the spectrum. They both can't run the ball. Their receivers are underachieving. Their quarterback is very up and down. And their one promising thing is defense and a pass rush. The only thing that makes them difference are the names on the jerseys and the coach. And if it was not for Mike Tomlin, boy, oh boy, who, wouldn't, who would even know where the Pittsburgh Steelers would be right now? with Big Ben with Juju with all them who would know it damn sure wouldn't be with one loss and a promising you know playoff run it wouldn't be that and you're damn right I'm going to clip this comparison for the Steelers and Jets and run this bitch on all my social media and watch All the Steelers fans jump on all of my pages and be like, how dare you? You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're speaking of. And guess what? What they're not going to hear is that I've already said exactly what they're going to say. Oh, I'd rather lose now than in the playoffs. Oh, I'd rather lose against Alex Smith than to lose against such and such. What did I say last week? oh, this is the first time they're going to play against a competent quarterback with a better football IQ that takes care of the ball and doesn't turn it over. Hmm. Wow. It's, it's kind of like the title of the show is called I Told You So. And, and, and look where we are. Hmm. I love it. Now, usually Tuesday it's just like a big recap day. But because of COVID and 2020 and all of that, we have a football game today too. Tuesday night football has been quite the uh, reoccurring uh, thing going on. So we'll dive into a little bit because there's not much to be said. Cowboys-Ravens, Ravens activated Lamar Jackson from the COVID reserve list. So he is eligible to play today. So we will see Lamar Jackson versus the Cowboys. Does this game really do anything for anyone? Well, if the cowboys win, the Ravens are officially dead. And this is with Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins. This is with everyone back, basically. If the Cowboys win this game, the Ravens are dead. It's just a fact. Now, if the Ravens win this game convincingly, then it's like, okay, you're you're kind of. You're kind of what we thought you would be, but this is also a Cowboys team that has been on the quarterback carousel. They have not done too much, but just stick around and make things a little hard for 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 other teams. But it's pretty much it. Ezekiel Elliott underperforming, fumbling the ball. Quarterback play, it's it's been wishy washy. Defense, they okay, sure. <laughs> they have names. That's it. Yeah. Hey. And your your star hope, CeeDee Lamb, can't get chemistry with the quarterback because it's continuing to change. So at 8.05 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, you know, wherever you're listening to this, um, we're going to see a game that is only nationally broadcasted because it's the Cowboys and Jerry Jones rules the NFL. But we'll see if Lamar Jackson can come back or... If he'll have a two to three week lull like Cam Newton did when he came back, well, we'll see. But that's pretty much that. I didn't, I didn't think there's too much to talk about that, Um, because as of right now, you look at the Ravens' division, and I mean, are you you're not thinking you're going to win it? <laughs> Like, it's, it's pretty much impossible at this point. Um, with the Steelers up front and the Browns in second place, you you would probably would have never thought starting this season that you'll be sitting at third next to the Bengals. You probably never thought that. And honestly, if the Bengals didn't lose Joe Burrow, there'll probably be some competition there. But it is what it is. There's not uh, too much to talk about. It's not too much to say besides the fact um, the Ravens have a semi-decent chance in just going 8-8 eight and eight this year and calling it a fucking year. We won't have to worry about seeing the Lamar Jackson playoff blunders because it just it probably won't be there. And you know what's really, really odd about that? Lamar Jackson was last year's NFL MVP and also the Madden cover star. Think that into your brain. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. I, I, I think we're going to give a mulligan to, not a mulligan. We're just, we're just going to Thanos Antonio Brown out of the Madden cover whole scenario because shit, he, I think he took the Madden curse. I think he took the Madden curse away Uh, because that boy had like a, he had a Madden curse for three years. I remember when, uh, you know, AB got into all his trouble and then got kicked out, all that kind of shit. Then it was like, oh, okay, this is the Madden curse for, for Antonio Brown. Then when he went to the Raiders, they were like, oh, this is the Madden curse again. Now he's on a shitty team. And then he got his feet frozen. And if you didn't know, that was the first year that Madden used the Frostbite graphics engine. So then everybody was like, Frostbite? He got severe Frostbite on his feet. It's the Madden curse again on Antonio. I think he just took all that shit because it hasn't really been around too much, you know. Patrick Mahomes, everybody's gonna say, "Oh, his Madden curse was the fact that his knee got dislocated," but then also he was only out for two and a half weeks, came back, uh, still did his thing, and then you know, <laughs> won the Super Bowl and shit. So I, I, I don't know. I can't tell you, but I will say this year, Lamar Jackson on the cover, which. Was a really shitty cover, by the way, because it was quarantine. They couldn't do like a photo shoot or anything. So uh, it just ended up being like pictures that you can find on Google and someone just pasted it together. I mean, it's the the entire cap of what Madden is. Uh, So there's that. Uh, So. With that being said, oh, yeah, I completely skipped a game. Uh, because it was very skippable. Bills 49ers. Fuck it. Uh, Bills won, um, and the 49ers are still a skeleton team. It's very funny to see. Uh, not funny, but it is very humorous to see Jimmy G and George Kittle and all of the players that are either hurt or whatever just sitting in the stands, uh, looking at their team. That's it. <laughs> like they're just they're just seeing like, oh, this is what this team looks like. Um, You know, when, <laughs> when we're taking a rest during practice, um, this is also what they look like on the field against other teams' first stringers. Uh, the 49ers have been tough, though. They've made made some games not uh, so easy, but it's... I mean, just stop. Um, I think that's pretty much the show. Uh, I'm going to start dropping my game reviews Um, I did one yesterday. I'm going to uh, record probably one or two more today uh, because uh, Kate Bishop drops for uh, Avengers today, actually. Um, And once I download that, fiddle with it a little bit, see how it is. um, I'll be recording again and probably dropping that uh, sometime tomorrow along with my um, trap for the other game reviews that I'm doing. I'm actually getting them out this week. I know I've been saying this almost episode after episode, but I'm actually going to get them out this week. Um, so that'll be that. And then also, I mean, shit, Thursday, we'll have plenty to talk about. <laughs> because once again, we're rolling into some very important games. Hopefully this schedule will stay intact so far. It looks like it will. Um, and we can just skate through... This last fourth of the season, um, doing pretty well. Also, shout out to Le'Veon Bell. He he he, told it to rock today. I'm mean, not today, but yesterday, and I appreciate him just stepping into the offense and 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 looking real comfortable. Also, get the dub in the red on reds. How about that? Chiefs fans are just traumatized by wearing red on red, and I I still don't fucking get it. But yeah, I think I think that's the show hit all the games uh, Steeler Sands? I don't I don't think I went as hard as you would have expected only because look when when you see something coming for so long I don't have to throw a party about it I, I, I knew this was coming this is this is not <laughs> this is not brand new news to me there there are people that were on the uh, on Twitter and all that burning it the fuck down last night Uh, Steelers fans that either didn't know how to fucking understand a loss or or, uh, Washington fans that were like, this was a big win for us. Which, like, in hindsight, it was because you went toe-to-toe on paper with the undefeated team in the league, and you took them down. But once again, it's any given Sunday. Any team can win or lose a football game, no matter who you are. It's just real life. Steelers felt that yesterday. And I hate... I hate the excuse of they had a short week. That's also a very bad one. I mean, come on Sunday, Sunday to Thursday, short weeks happen all of the time. and that that was very, very uh close to being the same thing for them, so i'm I'm not hearing for it. and what did what did Mike Tomlin say? We don't care. That's what he said about not having a bye week. That's what he said about these schedule changes. He said, we don't care. And if that's what the head coach is saying. That's what's being told to the players and fans. You have to carry that same mentality the same way that you praise Mike Tomlin for his directness and how he feels and how he's passionate about the team. Got to support him. That's your head nucleus of your entire organization. Most people would say the owner. A lot of people would say your development team. It's your head coach. So with that news. You know what it is. We'll see you on Thursday. Watch out for the uh, game reviews drops. They're dropping just on Podbean. They will not be on Spotify or anything like that. So that'll kind of be like a little exclusive for just my uh, Podbean followers. So you can watch that. It's not going to be a live thing. It'll just be pre-recorded. I'm trying to keep it between ten to ten to twenty minutes. Um, it may be something where I clip my game clips to some audio and I throw it on YouTube too. So I'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, with that, you no, know, that's that's the show. I'll see you on Thursday. Um, and Steelers fans, <laughs> <laughs> y'all lost
0: listening to the voice of fandom podcast you can join live every tuesday and thursday by downloading the podbean app or listen to audio playback exclusively through the kansas city podcast network available by app download or anywhere else you choose to listen to your podcasts.
1: introducing touch-free payments from paypal